All right, here we go. Welcome to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Sort of a special episode. It's going to be a entertainment-heavy episode. Might be something that we work in a little bit more in the future. I know that we're predominantly a sports show, and we're going to remain predominantly a sports show. But Sam and I love love movies. We love these new Marvel TV shows that are coming out. We love TV shows and entertainment, and it's uh, something that we don't dive into a lot because we're, like I said, mainly a sports show. But uh, since the world of sports is kind of a little bit dry at the moment, we figured it'd be the perfect opportunity to dive into some entertainment. So before we get to before we get into that, Sam, how was your week? Man, it's awesome. I get to golf multiple times a week. I get to uh, work at the best organization of all time that could ever anyone could ever work at uh, with the best customers, just best employees. Um, I, I think I, there's nothing. There's the words that I can put to describe how awesome of an experience that I'm having working just aren't there. It's just, just awesome all around, you know? <laughs> how, how sarcastic does that sound? Scale of yeah, one to 10. Well, can, you know, it, it, it was probably like an eight, but I'm going to bump it to a 10 because you never mentioned the actual store. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to. I don't right, know if I should. <laughs> But, you know, so we've all worked at these places, right, Jason? And uh, we both worked at uh, in retail. And you just come into some people that think the world just revolves around them. And yeah. it's it's a shame. I mean, it's not my fault that the line is taking a long time. It's not my fault that you spent $500 at this place. And I have to get uh, alarms off of every single piece of clothing that you own. That legit happened, Jason. This 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 uh, transaction took me probably thirty minutes to do, <laughs> and all the while my coworkers are just like laughing about how awful it is because I'm like the newest person there, and of course yeah. this happens to me. Five hundred dollars, right? This woman got like seven things of per- seven purses, like seven hundred outfits, and right. she's all the while on Facetime with her mom, like. Oh, did, what does this look good? So she's like giving me clothes to put back, but then she's like changing her mind. It's like, holy, cow, how are you doing? You can make multiple stops, right? You can go different days, right? <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, I, and I mean, the closest really that I got to that, and I, I worked at a grocery store. My very first job, I was a courtesy clerk, and that, that's a little bit different because um, I'm not really helping people. Um, you know, pick stuff out or, or showing them where they are. I'm, I'm at the end of the register, and generally I'm helping them move move along their day. I didn't really have any bad encounters there. But at Target, I had a couple people who, uh, who yeah, no, I, I understand, who just, they, they, the world revolves around them. And and if it doesn't, then they're going to make sure that it, it, it corrects itself. <laughs> It's like, well, you're the one that came here when the store is busy. It's not our fault if there's 130 people in the store right now and, like, 40 people are in line. Since since we're on the topic and since we have the time, you know, this is just going to mainly be a miscellaneous episode. Do you have a worst work story? Um, oh, you okay, so I got two stories from uh, this place that I'm currently working at that I okay. think 
I was probably the most awkward I could ever be in my life. <laughs> now, we so, do have on record you with making two people cry at noodles. Or one person cry at noodles. Ooh, this is... Um, I am not in the wrong as much as I was in that story, right? Okay. But still, awkward level is still up there, right? Okay, gotcha. So, so first one, this is like my, I think my second ever shift at this place. And I'm going through, uh, it's a clothing place. So I'm like making sure that the clothing is hanged up on, hung up on like the rack uh, in size. It's ordered in sizes, right? So I'm going through the, my entire section. You're like giving a section at the start of the shift. And I'm going through. And all the while, this mom and her two daughters are like in a screaming fight. <laughs> And I am just awkwardly there still like I can't leave. I can't go anywhere else. I'm literally just going through acting like I can't hear. And all the while this this uh this daughter's like, Oh my god, she got to go with you earlier. She got to spend like a hundred dollars. Why do I only get to spend sixty dollars? I'm like, I do not need to know this information. Like this is like a twenty year old girl that's acting like a complete nutter baby, right? Right. <laughs> and she's and then her mom's like just let it let it go like we're in public like you can get the stuff and then 10 seconds later she's like oh my god like i just don't get but she's like keeps bringing it up right? right and they're just in this argument with like there's just no shame zero awareness of where they are right mm -hmm. and all the all the while i'm just standing there just filing through and then they get kind of in my way so i gotta like go around them and blah blah but it's just – it's crazy that people can get in an argument. What What in, is what is more awkward it, it, going off of your story? Being around, a, like, two people who are arguing or being around, like, a, like, pretty, um, pretty outward uh, PDA? Um, does the – like, is the – Where's the PDA? Like, are they they're kissing or something? Yeah, but let's say it's like it's like over the top, and they're both in public. Ooh, those are both bad. I don't know what your stance is on PDA. I try to. I think uh, Jenna and I show as little PDA as possible. It's almost damn near like we're not even dating in public. You know, like we show <laughs> like I wouldn't even look in her direction, barely even hold her hand sometimes. <laughs> you know. No, I like mean. No, the only thing that the only thing that we're close in is the fact that we drove to a place together, you know. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, there are some forms of PDA that are okay, and obviously some that that cross the line. But I'm saying, like screaming and yelling, like that's crossing the line in public. So I'm talking about the PDA that that you would deem as crossing the line. What would be like more awkward to be in a close proximity to? So they're they're like sitting on a shelf or something and just going at it like face someone's someone's trying to eat the other person's face pretty much right yeah or let's say they're at your store and they're the dude's like pushing her up against a wall holy cow i don't even know what i would do i think i would have to call a manager because i wouldn't want to directly have to deal with that you know yeah. i'd definitely make a manager deal with that yeah, uh, I've luckily never had that happen i hope to never have that happen yeah i can't think of it um and if you guys are out there doing that, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait Wait till you get home. Yeah. Uh, so the second story, second story, right? So I am sitting at the front. I have to greet people, like say, oh, hi, thanks for coming in. Um, thanks for wearing your mask, like that type of thing. And then when people leave, I, you have to say, like, 
thanks for coming in. Have a good night, right? Simple as that. And you uh, take a counter. You have to take count. You have to. Uh, you have to make you have to keep count of um, how many people are in the store. So you like flip it every time someone comes in, and you like put it back down in some ways, right? So this um, this couple, uh, or no, it's not a couple. It's a mom, her daughter, and I think uh, maybe granddaughter, mm-hmm. maybe. So it's like three generations, right? It's what it looks like. Or it's just a mom, a really old sister, and a really young sister, which I think is pretty close to what it is. So they're um, they're at the register. The, the mom's actually given like a lot of lip to the person at the register. Like uh, there was not a price tag on one of the items. It was like a like a baby onesie, right? So so there's no price tag on the onesie. So all we're supposed to do is look up what the price is in our system, and then the cashier did that got a price they were like oh is this price okay and they were like god no that's not okay like there's no way that 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 costs that much like there's just no way like can someone go find it and blah blah, blah. and then we tried to find it couldn't find anything it was like oh uh, like are you sure we can't just we can put it down to like this price it was like two dollars less and like oh my god there's there's just no way i can pay that price for this onesie it was like seven dollars or something she was like adamant like oh my god there's no way that that costs that much right just being like un just added just obnoxious and yeah. it's just dumb it was just dumb just being stubborn for stubborn sake i guess but so then they leave and um the middle i think the older sister comes back and i'm like okay this is probably like they're probably gonna ask me oh hey can you like uh fix uh, the cashier, uh, like, fix what the error that the cashier had, like, give them that onesie for, like, a cheaper price. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Which I have no jurisdiction in that. Right. <laughs> like, there's nothing, literally, I could do. Right. And um, she's like, okay. Um, she, like, turns her back to the cashier, too. So I'm like, well, they're obviously going to complain at this moment. So I, I, like, peer in closer. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, what do you, what do you need? Um, and she was like, um... Um, I have a question. Uh, I don't normally do this. And I was like, okay, this is where the complaint is going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, she's like, um, are, are you seeing someone? And I was like, what the? F- what the? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I actually, I, I am. <laughs> actually, she's like, oh, okay. Because um, I, I, just, I just thought you were cute. I'm like, first off, this woman is freaking in her third trimester. Of pregnancy. I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know if she thought that. I don't know if she was trying to ask for a friend that she had uh, or her. I'm assu- I was assuming it was for her. But in what right mind would I be as a 22-year-old trying to get into a relationship with a woman that has a child? Well, let me ask that you That is something. about to have a child. Let me ask you something. Are you clean-shaven right now? This was um, This was like probably a couple weeks ago. That doesn't answer the question. I am clean shaven right now. But a couple weeks ago, were you? Oh, I think so. Because I had, um, I had like a sweater on. I was actually looking snazzy. Like, I don't blame her. Because I, like, I, well, I was looking pretty fly that day, well, but... I mean, because you, you genuinely look like two or three years older if you've got like a full beard rocking. And then when you get rid of it, you lose like two years. Oh, you think I'm like 20? 
No, I'm just saying, like you you look twenty, you look twenty two when you're clean shaven, but when you're when you have like you know your full beard going, I, you look a little bit older. So, oh, I appreciate it. So, so I don't know. I, this is my question for you. Say Bree's out of the picture. She dumps you, breaks your heart. You know, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You guys move on mutually. It was totally healthy, right? Uh, You're at work, which would be weird for an Amazon driver. (laughs) A woman woman comes out of her apartment and chases you down. She is pregnant and asks you out. What do you do? Say no, I gotta go. I have packages I have to deliver. Um, Would you ever entertain the idea of dating someone that is currently pregnant? I don't. My initial thought is no because I I'm 22 at the moment and I don't I don't have any like want to deal with any sort of kid right now. Oh, for sure. So it has nothing to do with. And honestly, necessarily doesn't have anything to do with her. She could be the hottest woman on earth, but if she is pregnant, there's no way that's happening. Right. I just, I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with a kid right now. And you know what I was thinking too? Why would I get in the way of you and the father potentially getting back together? And that too. Like, why would I ruin, like, I would be hindering that kid's life if I were to date you. Yeah. Is that going too far into it? No. No, I mean that's 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 a fair point. So I was just floored in my tracks when that when that happened. I just didn't know. I was beside myself. I literally I had to text Jenna as soon as that happened. Um and it was just weird. It's just weird. People people just do the strangest things where I work. <laughs> Oh my god, this story gets stolen from all the time. It's ridiculous. What do you mean? Like, people will just straight up walk out with stuff, and it'll be beeping, like, the security stuff will be beeping, and they just don't care. Like, they'll literally just walk out with bags full of right. stuff. People got no shame, man. No respect. No, they really don't. They really don't. Alright, what, what was your story from Drill? Um, well, actually, I so I have that story, too, but I... The there's a story that I don't I don't think we've shared on this podcast that actually involves you and me. That was when I was at work, and it's very brief. But Sam, when I was working at my first job at Bel Air, Sam and uh, Jenna yeah. had came to they came to to say hi. I think Sam was buying like chocolate milk. Um, that was the first time I think you met Jenna. No, no, no it wasn't. It was one of the. F- First times after I think we started dating. Though. Yeah, no, because I was there when when you got when she came to the uh, to Spike Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they showed up and it was it was near closing time. There wasn't a lot of people there. It was like me and like my manager and like a cashier. Um, and he had bought chocolate milk and he left um, with Jenna. And then I finished up my my closing duties and I, I went out to my car. And. I think I worked there pretty much during the summer. So I kept my windows cracked um, because I wanted to keep um, not like a lot, but just a little to let some airflow into the truck. And I look in there and there is torn up pieces of paper on my driver's seat. And I was furious. I was like, who in the hell decided to throw their torn up piece of paper. I didn't even know what it was. I ripped open the door and was like, what the f- is this? 
And I saw there was one item on the receipt, and it was chocolate milk. And I was like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> that, that son of a good. He threw his receipt onto my guy. I was so mad for like 10 seconds, and then I saw the receipt. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, what an awful friend. It, it was funny, because I laughed about it afterward, but in that brief moment, I was going to hunt down whoever that was. It was someone. Someone's like walking away with their cart. Hey, did you do this? Listen, was this your paper? Listen, I was gonna go John Wick. Okay, on somebody. You you killed my puppy. All right. Uh, But no, no, no. It was for that brief moment. I was very, very angry, and then I realized it was it was him. He was just messing with me. Um, I think that's an overreaction. Well, I mean. How would you feel if somebody just tossed trash into your car? Some paper? Like I'd be it's, I'd be annoyed. I don't think I'd be It wasn't trash. It was it was a loving note. No. <laughs> I was so thankful for your service that I had to repay right. it somehow. <laughs> um Okay, so story from Drill. So this past week I was uh I was gone. I had to I had to go uh qualify with my rifle. Um I was supposed to do that in February with my unit, but um, I uh, I couldn't, so I had to go with um, the Sacramento unit to uh, to go to the range. Um, so I'm there with uh, with five guys um, from my unit who also missed range. So we're we're there with the Sacramento unit. I didn't think they were going to issue us um, our own rifles because it's not our unit. I thought that they just. I don't know, maybe they didn't have enough. They did have enough, so we each got issued our own rifle. So that was cool. We didn't have to uh we didn't have to share with anybody. We get out to the range, um, and there are there are two ranges. There's a shorter one that's only about I don't know, maybe a max of seventy five yards, and then there's a bigger and it only has twelve targets. Then there's a bigger range that's a little bit a little bit away, uh a little bit of a ways, maybe a like a quarter mile away. Um that is um, has thirty targets and it's uh, five hundred yards, so it's a much bigger range. Okay. So we are before we go down to the bigger range. What we have to do with the rifles is we have to zero in our scope. So basically, the scope can be off like a couple fractions of an inch, and if the scope is not directly lined up with your barrel, then obviously where you're aiming is not where the bullet is going to go. Naturally, right, so you have to you have to zero in everything and make sure everything's in alignment. I happen to be the last relay that's doing this, um, so I'm like the last. It's going in groups of um, twenty four because they're putting two at a target, but I'm on the last relay, and the very last relay only has like five people, so I'm at the very end. Okay, so we get ten shots. So I lay down and I and I go to uh, and I go to shoot my rifle. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, everybody. In my four years of being in the military, I have always been a expert rifleman. I'm a good shot. So this is qualifying with my rifle. is It's, it's very easy um, to get experts. So I lay down. I shoot my three shots because we have ten rounds to do this. So we all shoot our three. What what kind of rifle are we talking here? M16. Oh, okay. Yeah, M16 with uh, five, five, six rounds. Not a, not a 50 cal. Oh, good, uh... good God, no. <laughs> I've shot. Just, I, just destroy your shoulder on every shot. I, I actually came back bruised, and I think it was because uh, I was wearing a flat jacket 
um, as well. So with the combined with the combo of the flak jacket and the uh, and the rifle, it, it left a little bit of a bruise. But um, I have shot a machine gun before. I have um, that thing's insane. When you finally get to, I mean, everything that you see in like video games about how violent machine guns are, when it, it that's real. It's real. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> Exactly. Call of Duty. Right. It, <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I shoot my three shots because we have 10 rounds. You shoot three, three, and four. Um, so I shoot my three. I walk over, and uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the target with my coach, and it appears that um, I am left. I'm left of the target, so the, um, but the grouping is good. It's a very, it's a very tight grouping, uh, but it's left. So he's like, all right, so we'll adjust it. Uh, we'll adjust it you know, this many clicks to the right. So we did. We go back. We shoot our next three. We walk back up to the target. We can't find the rounds. We don't know where they are on the target. They're just not there. So I think I missed or other people had been shooting on the target. So maybe they got mixed in somewhere and he just couldn't tell which ones they were. Regardless, we couldn't find it. So whatever adjustment we made didn't work. So we were like, okay, so we're going to go. We're going to fire off the last four rounds and we'll make the adjustment. So I go and I shoot again. And it's still left. It's in the same spot that it was in the first three rounds. But the grouping's actually smaller. It's a very tight grouping. I mean, literally all, like, three shots couldn't be more, um, like, if you just took, like, a regular glass from a kitchen, it would fit inside of that. So the grouping's really tight. But the coach is like, he's like, I think you're pulling the trigger. So what that means is I was wrapping my finger too far around the trigger. So every time I would shoot, I would pull the rifle a little bit left, which is why I was throwing it left. But then another coach came over and said, no, he's not pulling his trigger because if he was pulling his trigger, then his grouping wouldn't be that tight. And then the coach goes, yeah, my original coach goes, oh, well, okay, fine. Then we'll adjust it uh, a little bit more left. But he cranks it. Um, and I have, at this point, I'm the only one standing out on the range because – the two coaches are talking, trying to figure out what the solution, what solution we're going to, to come to with this. I have zero rounds left, so whatever adjustment he made, I have no idea if it's accurate. None of the adjustments that we made previous, previously had been accurate, and because this isn't my unit and it's not my rifle, I don't feel comfortable turning to the entire company and going, hey, hang on, I need to finish zeroing this out. So... What do I do? I have to go down to the range with a rifle that I don't know what direction I'm going to be shooting in. I don't know where the bullets are going to go. Well, hopefully not backwards. Hopefully not backwards. But um, I, I, I don't know. Hey, wait, wait. I got a, I, I got a joke for you, yeah. though. How many rifle coaches does it take to get Jason's rifle zeroed in? How many? Apparently not yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> hey. You're right. Um. So as I'm walking down to the range, I'm going, well, I mean, it can't be that far off, right? Right? It, it can't be that far off. So we get down there. I'm in the second relay. So I get up to the second relay. I'm on, I'm on relay two, target 16. So we have a pre-qualification, which goes through the course of fire. And then we do the qualification, which is, is the same thing that we – same thing as the pre-qual, but it's basically – the pre-qual is just a practice round. So we do the pre-qual. It's 16 shots. I – Shoot all 16. A little bit of time goes by because they have to. We're 100 yards away. We're standing. We're shooting shots standing and kneeling. And then the targets drop. And then uh, a couple, like two minutes go by. We're all standing there sort of waiting to for them to adjust the targets and stuff. 
Because they have to walk all the way down No, so there? we have people um, – The thing, where we're shooting at the targets, um, there are people um, – so there's like, a, there's like a dirt wall, and then they're like almost underground um, of the targets. So they're in no – Oh, they're weird. in no way in any danger of getting hit because they're underneath the ground. Um, but they're the ones right. who are holding the targets up for us. So they just pull the targets down and they're analyzing, you know, where the bullets are to see if, you know, we hit where we were supposed to hit. So they're mm-hmm. checking uh, and there's people, there's um, for each target, there's two people at a target. Um, so for the people shooting, there's 30 of us because there's 30 targets. And then down below, there's 60 people because there's two people per target. So, Jesus. so anyway, yeah. So anyway, all hands on all hands on deck yeah. for this. And maybe it was only one per target because this was a smaller company, uh, but I don't know. But regardless, um, the targets come back up, and then the range, uh, the person who's calling the course of fire. Um, the per- the person who's telling us when to fire and what to fire. Um, somebody comes on the radio. And I hear the uh, target 16, which happens to be the target that I'm on. Oh, <laughs> and I go, and I go okay. okay, this is going to be interesting. What is he going to say? <laughs> and then uh, and then I hear what he says, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to repeat this over the loudspeaker, and everybody's going to hear it. And uh, sure enough, the guy goes, target 16, you have zero shots on target. <laughs> out, of <laughs> out, of out of 16. And I looked at him, and I – Oh my like, god! I looked at him and I was like, "Makes sense." I turned to him and I was like, "Yeah, I never finished zeroing in the rifle, and I don't think one he heard me or two he cares because we roll right into the qualification." Um, I had a coach walk over me and I was like, "What's you have zero shots on target?" I was and I tried to explain to him what was going on, but. You know, we were. Tra- I'm not a part of their company, so I think they just think I'm a horrible shot. They're not really going to listen to me, and then we have to keep moving. So I go into qualification. And I go, okay, well, I don't know what to do. My shots clearly aren't hitting. Do I aim left? Do I aim up? I don't know where the bullets are going. So I go through the course of fire again because that was the prequal. So now I'm doing the qualification. Targets go down, and then two minutes later they come back up, and I hear. Target 16 again on the radio, and I go, Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Go. Oh my god! Go. And then the guy was like, Target 16, you have zero shots on target. Are you, were you the only I was one the that didn't only hit anything? One out of every okay, I'm more, I'm more surprised. Yeah, than out that. of every single person who shot that day, I was the only one who missed everything. Now, here was the thing. The one of the range coaches came over to me and was like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "Look." So I explained the situation to him. I told. Okay, so how many coaches know what's going on at this point? It sounds at like this four. point. At this point, only one actually has the full story. The person who knows that I missed all the targets, like that that coach who's calling the course of fire, just knows at this point that I'm a terrible shot, or at least he thinks I am. Um, <laughs> This this kid yeah. for him wasting. He better not be in my unit when we go to freaking North I know. Korea. And so the thing is, is that there's really only one coach who knows what the full situation is. So he tells me that later on he's gonna fire my rifle to see whether it's me or the rifle. And I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Like, okay. So here's. I was like, great. So let's see what happens with this. So 
Relay 3 comes up, and then the guy who was supposed to be on Relay 3 on target 16, right before we start to shoot, he, like, faints. Now, he has... He has asthma, and because of where we were, there was so much dust flying in the air that it just got to him, and he got, like, really lightheaded, and he like the doc came over, and then uh, the guy who was uh, calling the course of fire was like, what target was that? And the coach was like, it was target 16. And the coach was like, what the hell? Is that target cursed over the home? <laughs> 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 and, and everybody kind of, I'm sure, got a laugh out of that, but because he didn't get to shoot – his rounds didn't get used. So what they did is they gave his rounds to my coach. And now grant you the coach who I've explained this to is not the one who helped me zero in um, my scope. That coach is somebody else. So he gets the guy who fainted. He gets his rounds and he does the pre-call and qualification with my rifle. So we're trying to figure, so he's trying to figure out whether it's me or the rifle. Now, I watch him shoot standing, kneeling, and prone. And I'm watching it, and I'm going, man, I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't quite tell from this far away. And he comes Oh, so you can't – you don't know if you get hit the target no, or you not? Can't, you can't – the target's black. You can't see it through the scope. I can see the berm where the bullet's hitting um, from where I'm standing. And I'm like, man, that looks really close. It doesn't look dead center. So how how big of a target are we talking I mean, about? it's it's – I don't know, from the waist up of a human. So oh, okay. It's a decent size. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he comes back to me after doing the course of fire, and he's like, yeah, I, you know, it, it is a little left, but he says, I think it's just you. And I'm like, hell no, it's not. Oh, 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 <laughs> and, oh, oh, he called you I out. Like, I guarantee you it's not. <laughs> You guys should have had a duel right um, there. So every so they go through the course of fire and everybody leaves except for me. I'm still on the range with that coach and the first sergeant of this the guy who's in charge of everybody is down there oh, is gosh. down there with me. Oh and god! And so is you're about to get kicked out of the military, so, huh? Guess who? <laughs> guess who is going to now shoot my rifle? The first sergeant. The first sergeant. <laughs> Holy. God. The first sergeant is now going to shoot my rifle. Grant you, I'm not in his company. He doesn't know who I am. So why would he actually care about, about this? Now, the reason why this is like this is like the uh, this is like Monty McNair suddenly going to a secretary and typing up an email right. for them. That's how. That's a little bit of a task this is for yes. the boss so to do he, so he gets my rifle and he lays prone and i'm like oh my god if he hits even one of these shots he can shoot 10 but if he hits even wait, one, wait 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 did the did the coach hit the anything? coach i don't think we ever re- we never really learned how many he hit or missed uh but it obviously was drastic enough that it um he missed enough that it warranted the first sergeant to have to shoot the rifle. Um, I don't know what the actual number so was. So he said, he said it was you not knowing the results, just purely thinking that he hit more targets yeah, just going than you off did. Of field. Oh, so he looks like a yeah, dummy. Does. Yeah, he does. Wow. So here's, here's what ends up happening. The first sergeant lays down prone, the most stable position. He fires off four rounds. And grant you, there's only four people on the range right now. It's me, him, my coach, and then the gunnery sergeant, so the guy who's below the first sergeant. 
What are you guys talking about? The the king's yeah. season so far? <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? Nothing. Um, we, oh, is there any uh, any good coffee places around here? Right? Like, what? Um, so we just let him shoot. And then so the target drops. And my heart is racing. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so nerve-wracking. So I hear the radio. And the coach, I mean, the guy who's down uh, where the target is, uh, the first time is like, how many hit? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Please have less oh, than god. one. Please <laughs> 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 have it be zero. And sure enough, it says you missed. You missed all of them. I was like, oh thank god! Yes. Hallelujah. I was like, oh thank god! Thank god! So he adjusts. He adjusts the scope. He shoots it again, and then he asks, "Okay, how many did you hit? How many did I hit?" And the guy was like, "You still missed." And he was like, "Okay," so he cranks it again. Shoots it, <laughs> shoots it again, and goes all right. Am I on? He's like, yeah, but you're a little left. <laughs> he was like, still. Is this the guy from know. hell? You know what this is? You know what this rifle <laughs> is? It's the bike that we gave James at Harmony Ranch. <laughs> that's what it. Uh, that's you know that's, that's what, fair. That's definitely that's fair. The the bike the bike that we went uh, mountain bike riding on, where the handlebars <laughs> fell off, the brakes stopped working. <laughs> Probably even the pedals stopped working at so one honestly, point. And we gave to our friend James. He broke in the, at the very end of the ride. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so he finally gets it centered. He finally gets it centered, and then he lowers it. He was able to lower it. So he says – he hands me back the rifle, and he says and he, it's, it's centered now. But he still says that so technically it's centered. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he what goes, does that mean? He goes, but the scope is a little far so you can actually adjust how far the scope sits on the rifle you can either have it a little farther or you can scoot it back on the top of the rifle to get it closer or farther away from your eye and right now the the scope is the farthest away that it can be on the rifle and i'm short so i i really have to lean into it because if you're not like really close to the scope, then you'll get scope shadow, and basically what that means is you'll miss. So, um, so he says you're really gonna have to lean into it in order to really see. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I get I get back on the range, and I'm like, great. I have to shoot this rifle in a way that I would never normally shoot it. Granted, it's centered, but I still can't really see. Um, so I go, they let me requal. So I shoot and I ended up, I don't know why he, they, I think they have a point system for what ended up happening. I was seven for nine with the points. Um, so I hit, I hit most okay. of my, I missed what two, um, which I was happy with considering the, the difficulty that we had to go through for this rifle. Um, I get back up to, and I have to do the second part of the, the range and it, <laughs> we're, we have to do the combat shooting portion of it. And with combat shooting, you only have like maybe seven to 10 seconds to shoot. So that me leaning into the rifle doesn't really, it doesn't really work. <laughs> so, wait, wait, time out, time out, time, time out, enemies. Just let me lean in a little bit. Let me get, a, I can't really aim down sight really fast. Let me just mm, get that thing yeah, right so in. The, so the whole speed reload thing, it was really difficult because I couldn't see. <laughs> so I used the qualification and my goodness, I was just high on everything. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I fixed it a little bit, but not not nearly in the way that uh, I, I normally shoot my rifle. And I think bottom line is I think I left um, the range with everybody thinking I was the worst shot to ever come through the military. Wow, what are the odds that this happened? I know. And, and here's the nuts. thing. So I was the last one on the range for the first part. I ended up being in the last relay for the second part. I had run out of water and then or gotten really close to running out of water. And then as soon as I was done with the last relay for the second uh, for the second part of the range, after everybody had had a chance to sort of take off their gear and get a drink of water and go to the bathroom and stuff, I needed to go fill up my water. But we went right into going back down to the range to go pick up all the ambulance, all the shells. So now I'm going down. You guys have to pick up, yeah, we all, to pick that? up all the shells. Holy so, now, oh, granted, is there is no shade where we're at. So we're out in the blazing sun. I didn't get a chance to refill my water, so I'm, like, sipping on it, trying to save it. We're down there for, like, an hour, hour 15. And then I finally, I'm, like, dying because I don't have any water. Um, we finally get back up to, to the range portion, and then I, I learned that I have Firewatch that night. <laughs> so, and Firewatch. What's Fire? Yeah, what's... Firewatch, for yeah, those okay. of you that don't know. When you are uh, sleeping out at the range, there always has to be two people awake patrolling where you're sleeping. So not only did I have that crappy of a day, but I had fire watch from 4 a.m. to 6. (laughs) So, Jason, Jason, I'm going to ask you this question because I think this is probably the most uh, uncertain of an answer I'm going to get. Do you think joining the military was the wrong choice? (laughs) Maybe maybe a little regret. You know, some days I really feel it. <laughs> some days <laughs> I I still and I can save I can save the other story for for a different time. But I I do know in full detail what my absolute worst day in the military was so far by a colossal mile. It, it wasn't, wasn't this. this. <laughs> it wasn't this. This just ended up being more funny than anything else because in the end, nothing really bad happened to me it was just well you're you're shit apparently (laughs) um but i know i don't want you protecting my country um (laughs) at the very least you shouldn't be afraid to go paintballing with me (laughs) (laughs) i'll just make sure the scope is really far (laughs) Um, so yeah it ended up it ended up being kind of a funny story but yeah i can save the other story because i I do i I have a story about when I we accidentally set a target on fire at a range. Um, I have a story uh, where we accidentally mm-hmm. sent a forest on fire, um, which mm-hmm. we were able to contain. Um, and then I, I do have my single worst day in the military by far, which is another story I, I can say for another time. Um, so yeah, that that that's what happened to me over the weekend, and that's not even that's not even including wow. the logistics issue that happened the day before that, which was a nightmare as well. That it was a problem that I had to fix. Um, for man, they gotta sort this yeah, out. It was, it was bad. So that that was that was my weekend. <laughs> Holy! I can't believe the boss of the entire base had to come down and use your yeah, rifle. Yeah. I mean he. I mean, oh, he was there watching us shoot, but he wasn't doing anything. He was just making sure everything was okay. He didn't. I'm sure he didn't expect mm-hmm. to have to actually get in there and, and try to solve this problem for everybody. So, 
Yeah. So what would have what would have happened if he like went sixteen to sixteen? Like, would you have been kicked off hunked. right there? I would have gotten a zero on the range. <laughs> Oof. For sure. What if he got a one? Like, like, what if he hit one? Yeah, just one out of sixteen. Uh, still, they probably would. If I would have missed half, they probably like a little bit less than. Well, if I would have missed more than half, they probably would have said something. Um. So, because honestly, for all of us who have been in the military, qualifying with your rifle is not that difficult. Qualifying, I mean, at minimum, qualifying is not hard. Qualifying as an expert rifleman, that is difficult. But at minimum qualifying, that's not that hard. I could teach you how to... What do you have to, What do you usually what get? What do I usually get? Um, yeah. I, it, it, depends on, it depends on what we're shooting. I... In the the combat portion of the range, I think the total is out of a hundred. I think I've shot a ninety nine. I think I've shot a ninety eight. Um, and then on the, the distance shooting, the the one that I enjoy the most, where we have to do, um, you know, shots from two hundred, three hundred, and like five hundred meters away. Um, the max on that is three fifty, and I've been I've been in the three twenties on that. Um, the, wait, wait, what what distance was it? Uh, I think it's. One, two, three, and five. So one. What what unit of measurement? Wait, you said meters. Well, some people say meters. Some people say yards. There's no way that the U.S. military uses a non-U.S. distance measurement. There's just no way. I've heard it both ways. They use meters? They're the most American thing ever. That doesn't make any sense. Shooting from 500 uh, yards away is, is, is a bit intimidating the first time. That's five The first shot that I ever took from 500 yards hit the uh, dummy target right in the forehead, though, so I felt cool about that. <laughs> hey, Jason. You hear that? That's oh, me thanks. giving you a high five. <laughs> thanks. That's still one of my favorite boot camp moments. I remember firing going, I don't know where this is going to land. <laughs> and then it pops up. I was like, oh, cool. All right. Oh, not promoted. <laughs> you are not you are the captain. Not right, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's, it's someone else's right. target. <laughs> right. the oh man! So yeah, the... oh my god! If, yeah, if they if they radioed uh, target sixteen had no hits. Oh, I was aiming for target fifteen oh. the whole time. Oh, that's, guys, that's on me. That's I would, I would definitely that, that right there. Yeah, like, let's count 15. the other ones. Like, the other one, everything on the uh, Target 15 was cool, right? All right, well, then we're good. I, I hit what I was aiming for. Yeah, Target 15 is non-existent. That's how much right. it's got blown apart. Well, I'm glad we got more life out of that than I than I was expecting it, uh, us to. Uh... Wow, that, that story just took a turn. I did not right. know where it was it going. Was... It just kept I know, going. It was, it was just layers. It was like onions. The the dudes that were supposed to zero in your rifle, they're oh, the real they're the culprit. people at fault. Because, yeah. Oh, for sure. They no, did not I do left, their job. I left that range having one coach telling me it was my fault, and then the other one telling me it wasn't, and then I had a blind fix. So I was like, okay, cool. So now I, now I have three unknowns. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong. And I don't know if this thing is aimed correctly. So we're just going to go and, and give it my best shot. And my best shot was over 32. 
over 32. That's like a good night for Buddy Heels. Yeah, it always comes back full circle. You guys didn't think you were going to get any sports, you, but it comes back go. full circle. We can do a quick little sports thing if you want. I know you paid more attention to the Masters than I did because I was too busy missing my shots. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely had to. You played um, your range session. Probably, it sounds eerily similar to Xander Shoffley's sixteenth hole. <laughs> Do explain. <laughs> so, relatively, the Masters after Sunday, early Sunday, the in Augusta, it started to. They had uh, lightning, thunderstorm warning, so play was obviously right. delayed. Right. And then once they came back, uh, Hideki Matsuyama just went on fire. I think he had he was seven under. I think on the last nine, and he just took a commanding lead. He probably was he up five shots on second leading into the final I round. I thought it was six. Whatever. What it was just a no contest, right? And he's uh, Matsuyama. He's not playing crazy. Like he's playing, I think, above par through most of the round and they get to uh they get to the 11 pole and he's playing with Xander Shoffley who is who finished uh second. So uh Shoffley early in the round had a really bad triple. Um and he was just trying to recover from that. He was playing 3 over at that point and he just goes on a birdie barrage. The man birdie I think the next 5 holes from the 11th all to get to 10 under and Matsuyama just had a a bogey on a par five because he hit it into the water over the green, so he was at twelve under. So this the lead was cut down to two after starting at six. The only interesting maybe five minute span in the entire final round of the Masters. This was it. Shoffley goes into the into hole sixteen, which guys have been putting it close all day. It's a pretty favorable pin position because of the slope of the green. You really just have to get it. Uh, high onto the onto the green, it's going to roll down because of the slope. Uh, most guys have been were close. I think, uh, oh, what was his name? It was the group. It was the guy that was playing with Justin Rose. He was like inches away from getting yeah. a hole in one, right? So that that hole was getting had was a, was scoring really well for players, and Shoffley gets honors because he got a birdie on the par five, and Matsuyama uh, obviously bogeyed right and. The the announcer, uh, the commentator team's getting energized. They're like, "Oh my god! Like this, Shoffley can do it! Like he, if he gets a birdie here, puts the pressure all over Matsuyama, right? Like this, we can really have a nice finish here." So uh, they're good. They're they're just zeroing in on uh, Xander's what Xander's thinking about, right? And the Jim Nance and uh, Nick Faldo are trying are talking about like what, what really is going through his head. And they're like, Oh, like he's just got to get it up onto the green. Like it's going to roll back. Right. And uh, they're, I think it was either a hard eight or a soft seven. Right. That's where they're trying to figure out what he was going to hit. And Shuffley comes up. Uh, they do it pretty much. I think from like the front view, like they don't show his shot originally. So they, he swings, hits it. And you can just see the dismay in his face as it is caught up by the wind. His ball is caught up by the wind, lands short of the bunker on right in front of the pin location, rolls all the way down into the water. Yes. And from there, <laughs> on a par three. So if you hit it in the water on a par three, you're right. pretty much done. So 
and then he ended up I think he put it in the water again on that no no he hit it he hit it over the green into the into where the fans were and he was just putting it all over on the 16th hole I think he got like a, a seven on that hole and pretty much his his day was done from there and then Matsuyama went on and had one of the easiest major wins it seems like in, in I history. heard so. that the I mean the way that I heard Sunday being described was <clears throat> more of a coronation than a competition. Mm. And from what I think I think he played I think he played he played bogey golf. Like he uh, he played above par. Matsuyama did. I think he finished what two over. So really he all he had to do was play around par and he was right. he was fine. He just had that big of a – he had that dominating of a Saturday right. uh, round. And you know what? I think uh, – seems like one of the nicest guys on tour. Just – he played with such, like, a happiness the whole day. Um, I think I watched the entire final round except for the last hole. Um, but it just – it seems like no no guy deserved that more than the first – Japanese male to win a, a yeah. major golf tournament. What an amazing thing for the sport. Uh, and I will say that Ben did end up beating me in our master's picks just because Xander Shoffley right. shit the bet on the 16th hole. Well, you owe him a free round of golf. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll have to play at Auburn Valley because my mom almost got a hole-in-one on the 16th hole. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be that, sick. You, well, you got to come. You know, um, Tommy and I are going to the range on Sunday morning, so. Yeah. Uh, Edwards? Oh, I was, I was thinking there was a slight chance it would be Morin, but I would never think that you would Tommy uh, Morin. Well, right I, just, I don't know him. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> not that he's not a good guy or anything. I just, I don't know him. <laughs> oh, yeah, you hate him. It's all good. <laughs> So what what was your what was your master what, what did you think um, well nothing I didn't watch it but what I do have um, is an interesting little note that I had heard over the weekend about the significance of you know Matsuyama winning I, apparently I didn't know this but Japan is actually like a big big golf country um, and I had heard that mm-hmm. actually <clears throat> so the United States has the most golf courses. But actually, the second most okay. golf courses on a – well, how did you phrase it? What was what was the correct – I don't know if it was per – it... it wasn't per square foot. I think it was just in terms of the country. Um, but, yeah, so Japan no is number two. And But think about the size really? of the United States versus Japan. <laughs> Japan has like no. I, I feel like there's just no areas t- for them know. to build golf courses with how many with how many people they have compared to the mm-hmm. the size of their country. But sure enough, so it was um, huh. it was one of those things where um, well, actually. So I'm re- I'm reading to double check this, and I heard this on ESPN. So if I if I am false crediting okay. this, then I'm blaming ESPN <laughs> um, because I, I that is ESPN. exactly what I heard. But as I'm pulling it up online, that's not what the web is saying. 
the web is telling me different. Well, the web's usually wrong. I don't too, know. So, but the web is saying that um, England has the most. But wow. here's the thing. So let's just let's rewind. Let's say Japan's, Japan's up, up there. there. Yeah, as so, having the um, most. <laughs> anyway, the point that I'm trying to make. And thank you, ESPN, for giving me a false step. Apparently, it seems. But the point that I really that we need to take away from this is that Japan is apparently a really big golf country, um, and with golf being mm-hmm. in the Olympics, um, they were just talking about how the ramifications that this is going to have for for Japan in, in the Olympics, and then um, to have you know the Masters champion if he competes and all that other stuff. And it was just, apparently it was much more significant to Japan than I would have perceived. So. Well, they just had uh, the amateur, the women's amateur for the masters. The woman that won it was also Japanese. So they had a really good uh, masters week. For sure. Um, So, yeah. So congratulations to Matsuyama for, for winning. Um, He's only 29 years old, you know, uh, so. Yeah, the only guy that uh, played well. I mean, uh, it was cool to see Jordan. He actually, he put in a good showing uh, this week. I think definitely Ben was right in putting his, uh, thinking that he was going to play well. He did play well. It just took him a while on Sunday to get going. Um, other guys that played well, not, no one really, oh, uh, Zalatoris. This young dude, he's like 24 years old. He ended up at a nine under for the tournament. First time, first major. Like, isn't that crazy? Your first major and you end up going nine under at one of the hardest golf courses when are you gonna ever go conceived. To your first, uh, major. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually playing. So I'm 22 now. So maybe around like uh, 26, probably when I'm hitting the ball like 400 gotcha. easy, you know? I'm just like revolutionizing the game. Like every time I hit a drive, I want my goal. My well, driver see, here's the crack. thing. Look how that worked out for uh, science guy DeChambeau. Yeah, but I'm talking about like I am going. I want to tear my peck every time I swing a golf club. Oh gosh. that's how fast I'm going. Be go. terrifying. And I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking 26. <laughs> like you just hear you're at you're at the Masters and you just hear a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, are you okay? Yeah, sorry, it's just my pack. I just retore it like five times. gonna continue. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I play with a torn pack year round. Bert, Bert, we can't let this guy keep competing. He's going to break his body. No, it's pretty fun to see. Did you see where his ball ended up? It's like it's permanently stretched at this point. It's like a slingshot. Don't worry. <laughs> My my, let's just say my nipple is um, touching my knee at this point. <laughs> so when you really get it stretched <laughs> up, it's got a lot of power. <laughs> oh man! Well, I think that's about as far as we were going to get into uh, in the sports. Was just the Masters because that was really the only big thing that happened. It was what we left you with. I mean, there hasn't been that big of a gap since our our last episode of uh, a film and I, I know i know it's always the same it's a week um but sometimes in those week periods sometimes the gap feels like it was a long time 
because there was just so much that happened and you're like, oh God, we need to get back and start filming. And then there's other times where it just, it doesn't feel that long because a lot happened and then it was just one of those weeks. <clears throat> yeah, you know, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we just don't want to talk about how the Kings continue to lose. I think this is the third episode we've recorded in a row that the Kings yeah, are so, on losing streak. You know, sorry, but... <laughs> We're just done talking about the Kings. We're done talking about sorry, the Kings. Sorry. We want to be happy. And you know what makes us happy? Sorry Marvel, about it. Marvel makes us happy. Um, usually. Hmm. Usually. Um, so we introduced a segment a couple weeks ago called Best and Worst, and we're going to bring that back for Marvel in honor of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has been absolutely a blast. I loved the most recent episode. Um, I definitely had Winter Soldier, the movie, vibes to it. Um, which was which was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, Wyatt Russell playing playing. Um, oh God, what's it? John Walker. He's doing John a Walker. job. There are certain people who can play characters so well that you genuinely like hate them, and he is playing them playing uh, John Walker really really well. Um, what uh, what else is so he doing? Right oh, I know him. Um. Let's see, movies and TV shows. Here we go. Um, Okay, so have you seen Overlord? I've seen him in Overlord. I love that movie. You should definitely see that movie. Uh, He was in 22 Jump Street. Um, He was in... He he was... Oh, he was the quarterbacks. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize. He was in... He was in Black Mirror from 2011 and 2019. He was in that. I don't know if you watched that. Um, I didn't. Well, he must have been in like... Usually he was in just 21 in like Jump Street as well. But... Um, I said he was in Cowboys and Aliens. I don't know where he was in Cowboys and Aliens. What character was he? <laughs> he, was in, he was an alien. He was dressed up in right. that. Um, <laughs> he's got to be... What a stupid no, it's movie. It's a guilty pleasure movie. Don't hate on that movie. No, it don't was, it was stupid. Western pistols don't, are don't, killing don't aliens? No freaking way. Dumb fun. It is dumb no fun. way. <laughs> Western freaking horseback riding cowboys no, it's are kind of, it's, aliens. It's kind of Stop. I, I know Daniel Craig is a beefcake. He's going to be in the, the Woman in the Window with Amy Adams coming up. Um, he It doesn't look like he's been in a lot of big-time movies, really. Um, well, Bond is taking up so much of his what? time, you know? James, James Bond is taking up so much of his time, you know? Like, we probably would have seen him in an more action movies if he wasn't tied to He's James tied- Bond. Wait, what? Is that just going totally over my head? Oh, I... I Daniel Craig? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude. No, no. My bad. Hey, that's, that's on me. Okay. I'm raising I, yeah, my hand. So that's it on me. appears that Wyatt hasn't been in a, a lot of... A lot of maybe big movies. He was in Ingrid Goes West, which did really well on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Table 19 from 20... 17 um i'm just reading off movies so, yeah you're just speaking yeah. differently so, yeah, i mean he hasn't really been this is probably safe to say it's his biggest role um and he's doing really really well i'm really enjoying him as an actor mm-hmm. um if this was yeah. if this was ever going to be i mean i don't know if he thought it was going to be his big break but yeah i think it's going to be i think he's going to look back and say this was it 
Uh, yeah, his character is so stupid in the show. Makes so many. Well, dumb I think that's decisions. the point, though. God, so, got to be so much pressure. Okay, spoilers if no one's seen. I mean, we've kind of already spoiled it a little bit, but if you haven't seen last episode of the Winter Soldier, shut it off now. Uh, would you take the? You super see, that's serum? a good question. Um, I don't know. So they made the point that what the super and it was Zemo, which by the way, Zemo, um, the actor Daniel Brühl. I think it's how you pronounce his name. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I love him. I love him. Amazing. Um, and I love Zemo as a villain. I I can't. T- yeah, I can't tell if he's a villain in this or like actually yeah. there to help. I, I really can't mm-hmm. tell. What yeah, he is. Right now. He's awesome. I love if there's a movie that he's in 99% of the time, I would be absolutely all in to go see it just because of him. I, I think he's fantastic. Um, so, okay. I mean, Zemo made the point that, you know, what the super serum does is all it really does is, you know, highlight who you actually are. Um, And which is why he was making the case that, you know, a lot of people shouldn't take it. And then, you know, Bucky and Steve made the point that it didn't, you know, affect Steve, which Zemo said touche. But, you know, not everybody's like Steve Rogers. (laughs) Um, So I think you'd have to Mm -hmm. be... Not that I'm saying I'm a bad person, but I think you'd have to have that in the back of your head. Like, are you confident enough to take this? That I mean, because here's a guy in John Walker who is a decorated soldier. He appears on the surface to be a nice guy. Um, but, you know, deep down, he it, it, obviously he's not. Um, he's, a, he's definitely a troubled yeah, so, figure. I mean, of course, sure. if, if there's going to be no adverse side effects, then absolutely I'm taking the serum, for sure. Um, Do you want the power to kill a man by caving in his neck with what? a shield? Oh, like, I'm not what, saying two, that I would things? take the serum to do that. <laughs> but do you want that? But, like, I, that's it's kind of like protecting yourself from making... That Here's decision the thing, that I you can't go back why, from. Like I fully understand why his character would want to take that serum. Like he is, he's oh, fighting sure. these people who are clearly overpowering him. Yeah, Bucky could his ass like it. flick him if he wanted to. Because <laughs> um, let's let's be honest. I mean, okay. Bucky, mm-hmm. and I know we talked about Steve's strength, but Bucky's a super soldier too. He's as he is as strong as everybody else, and as strong as Steve. Well, so, so I agree with that. But they're this is kind of a gripe that I have with this show. They're making Bucky way weaker yeah, than no, he they is. Are. Like if you go if you go from Bucky in Civil War fighting Iron Man to what he is now, well, he's like a tool. Well, I think the part like he's of it a is poser that kinda. he was more Winter Soldier like in that, like, angry Winter Soldier kind of mode. And I think he's trying to distance himself from that, um, which we've seen because, you know, he's got that book that he's trying to make amends for. So I think he's trying to distance him, himself from that a little bit. Um, I mean, when he was pretending to be the Winter Soldier in that bar scene, he kind of ripped through everybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, I get it. At the end of the day, Bucky should be stronger than everybody. I mean, he, 
Oh, big time. He should be the strongest. Like, the fact that him and uh, Sam got beat up by the by Carly's gang the, in on top no, of the trucks, shouldn't, no. that no, shouldn't no, have no. happened. You know what else shouldn't have happened? I thought this was dumb, too. Um, the opening scene. Now, granted, the opening scene of the show was cool. With It was awesome. But there was, oh, that was one right that I had with it. You, you cannot tell me in any world that the people gliding just like parachutes are going to get away from Falcon and mm-hmm. his jet. There's no way. <laughs> it's impossible. And you know why it's impossible? Because you can't juxtapose him flying after those guys and not being able to catch it and then at the same time have him evading heat-seeking freaking missiles. You can't have both of those. So either he should have caught them immediately – or two, he shouldn't have gotten away from those missiles. You can't mm-hmm. have both. Or um, how he just magically caught up to the helicopter and was fast enough to get to the side of it yeah, exactly. and then go through it. So it was one of those things where, like, visually it was awesome. And, you know, yeah, it was fun to watch. But, it, it truthfully, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> You're, these paragli- <laughs> So these paragliders who have no jetpacks whatsoever – and then you have Falcon, who once his little once Red Wing got back on his jetpack, he went like supersonic. No, there's no, 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 <laughs> not a thing, <laughs> not a thing. Like those those dudes are literally do, doing a leisurely activity, like a, a recre. Well, it's more of like an extreme sport, right? But he's yeah. literally a jet on his so, back. Come on now, <laughs> really? Um, come on, so. Man. Yeah, but I, I've still really enjoyed the show. I, I like I like Zemo a lot. I'm still trying to figure out whether um, the uh, Sharon is um, the power broker. Um, there's no a way. huge, it's, it's huge amazing. conspiracy theory that she is the power broker. Yeah, but apparently, my yeah, my dad, my dad no read way. something that said over the next the course of the next two episodes, like Marvel is bringing in some A list actor to have a cameo in this. And I don't know if it's going to be the power broker or something, but there is apparently somebody coming into these next two episodes. That is a high, kind of a high tier actor. So you remember um, the guy that played the collector from guardians and uh, yeah. You know that guy? No, that was his movie. No. Oh God. Was it? Yeah. I think it was Benicio Benicio Del Zorro. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 I think that's his name. If if they could recast him as the power broker, yeah, I think he'd be perfect really for it. Have you seen the first Sicario? Oh, you you owe it to yourself no. to watch Sicario. He is amazing in that movie. Um, and Emily Blunt's in that movie. It's Emily Brunt. Brunt. <laughs> Emily. Yeah, Brolin uh, and Bro- uh, You got to watch that movie. It's fantastic. I think you know what uh, Jenna's dad actually said the same thing because they went and saw it at the theaters and like the, for the next week he was like oh you got yeah, to see the new Sicario yeah it was because they the saw the they saw the of, new one of that year by far we we saw the second Sicario oh, it wasn't okay. as good but the first one is for sure worth watching it's it's fantastic 
All right, yeah. Let's All right, let's get into our list, man. Show with our best and our worst list. So last time we did this, I did the best and Sam did the worst, and we were ranking the quarterbacks in the NFL. So now we're going to do, uh, in honor of Marvel, the five best and five worst moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, uh, Sam, you can go first. I can go first. I'll leave it up to you. You're the decision maker. Let's do it. All right. Um, I'll go first. All right. So the best moments through the 21 films, 21 years of Marvel. Kind of butcher that. Can't really actually check that up. But I have, I think, nine moments that I'm going to mention, but I definitely ranked a clear top five. So I'm going to go into some, some that definitely I felt should be mentioned, but sadly... So uh, I the first Iron Man make the came top out five. in 2008. Okay. So there you go. Uh, 13 years. 13 2008. years. 2008. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I was trying to figure out which, which year you were counting and which year you, if you weren't counting this year. Kind of, never mind. Technicality. <laughs> yeah. what, we're, moving, we're moving past it. Uh, so... <clears throat> So from a movie that we both watched recently, because I actually ended up watching this because you said you watched it recently, uh, we have our our hero Thor coming into the arena on uh, I can't even remember what the planet's called, but he's about to face the champion. He's got his short hair, and then the champion comes out, and it's revealed to be the the Hulk, and he goes, uh, he cheers and he says he's a friend yeah. from work. That's one of the moments that I have. I think that's definitely a standout moment. Definitely one of the best Thor moments in the series. Uh, really sets him as like a legitimate yeah, entertaining I actually, character. So that story um, is there's actually there's actually a story behind that. Um, the, yeah, so there was uh, there I think there was a make a West. So I'm reading it right now and it says Hemsworth told Entertainment Weekly at their San Diego Comic Con studio the unlikely story behind the friend from work line and quote, we had a young kid, a make a wish kid on set that day. He goes, you know, you should say he's a friend from work. So that was an ad libbed line from a kid. <laughs> and that ended up being mm-hmm. like the best line in the movie. Yeah, definitely. And these so are your honorable one of them. mentions? Uh, Black Panther. Oh, honorable mentions. Dude, I told you it was tough. We were making the list together on, uh, on the call, yeah, we don't know each other. So list, hard to narrow down to five. So uh, another honorable mention: Black Panther and Killmonger talk after uh, Killmonger yep. was defeated in battle. When he's talking about how he wanted to, uh, all he wanted to do was see Wakanda yeah. in the light or something like that. I think that was definitely a very poignant. I think that was probably the best moment of that movie, um, and one of the best, definitely one of the best movies. For, for like it almost like redeemed his villain arc in a way, just that single conversation, and definitely made him like a memorable villain in the MCU. All right, next one. Uh, Groot is sacrificing himself to save the Guardians when the ship is exploding. When he's expanding, and Rocket is like, "Groot, no, you'll die." Just that one. That is such a. I mean, it sucks now that we know that he he survived, but like, that say, was such a I sad missed, moment. I missed in Big that Root. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I he hope he awesome. grows up pretty fast. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he uh, when he he uh, like extends his arms yeah. through like seven dudes, killing them all and like throwing them around, like just totally merciless. And then yeah. he turns around and he like smiles. <laughs> all right. Um, next one, uh, Captain America fighting Iron Man. We mentioned a little bit uh, when the Winter Soldier and Captain America fought Iron Man, but this is after uh, Bucky got his arm blown off when Steve is there and he's has that uh, he could finish it. He could like kill Iron Man in that moment, but then still leaves that glimmer of hope for them to be friends. That was That was a pretty poignant moment when he was and then uh, when uh, it's not Jarvis, what was her name? Friday. When Friday was like saying he's too fast or something. Yeah, yeah that was a that was a really good uh, fight. And then the last arm we'll mention is when Thor comes to Wakanda, throws his uh, axe of destiny right through like five powers of the Infinity Stones, hits Thanos in the chest, comes down. Thanos whispers, That's you should have aimed for the head, mentions? and then snaps. That's, That's in the terrible. honorable mentions, dude. That's terrible. <laughs> That's such a I, big I, moment I hate your in the MCU. Already. I mean, it literally snapped away. It snapped oh, away so many people that we knew and loved. So many franchises that we could have had. I mean, Spider-Man, Whatever. Uh, Black I hate Panther, so many people. Bucky, Falcon. All right. So number five, oh, yeah, well, I think this is going to change your mind. Uh, back again to Captain America: Civil War with uh, Tony Stark Under-Rus. yelling, "Onterus!" Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Underus. And for the first time ever, Spider-Man appears in a Marvel in the MCU for the first time, stealing Captain America's shield, and then he gets the the dumb quips after. But that was definitely. Uh, just a huge if you take it away from like outside of the MCU, like how long it took for Spider Man to be like to be legitimized pretty much because this was after the amazing Spider Man debacle and um, after Spider Man 3. Like, this was the yeah. perfect Spider Man in that moment. Number five, uh, I got no, all right, no quarrels. Spider Man has always been my favorite Marvel character. I mean, I'm still, I'm still loyal to, to the Tobey Maguire movies, but. Um, you know, Tom's been, Tom's been perfect as Spider-Man. I got no, I got no complaints with him as Spider-Man. Yeah, perfect. Perfect casting. And Marvel's so good at casting. So, number four. Had some moment, and I think this was the biggest moment from this movie. Some moment from this movie had to be in this. Iron Man 1. Oh, say it. The one that started it all. One of the most influential movies in the MCU. Uh, when yes. oh, he yeah. fires the missile, I think it's at a, at a tank, and he turns around with the explosion. That like that is one of the coolest I'm, shots. I was gonna be, MCU. I was gonna be furious. No doubt, if, this was, if that was not on your list, <laughs> that made that made Iron Man, Iron Man, a dude that's in a tin, a metal suit, yeah. looks so freaking cool. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the trailers. It was like holy yeah, cow! This movie is gonna be that, sick. That, that might be up there. That would probably crack my top three. I love, I absolutely love that shot, and I love that movie. That's a top five Marvel movie for me. 
yeah, that whole fight sequence was so good. Where that's the first time he's using the armor. Like that's the first time yeah. he's using the armor that we know and love. All right, top three. It was t- it's and again, like I had to include something from Iron Man. I have to include something from the original Avengers, and I thought it would be um, where they're all yeah, uh, the it's a spinning camera yeah. shot where it goes around uh, where they're like doing their things, like uh, Natasha's loading her gun, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, Thor like tw- tilts a hammer, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you know that shot. Everyone's seen it if you're a Marvel fan. Like that is that's the first time we get to yeah. see the Avengers together. Yeah, that's a big time moment. Uh, number two, and this was number <laughs> one for a second for me, but then I switched it. Um, Captain America lifting Mjolnir and then fighting Thanos. I don't think I've ever had a more genuinely happy like fan reaction at a theater so than when this happened. With everybody for that. It just paid off so many things. I mean, it completed Captain America at this point. Like, this was the thing that he deserves as a character, and it gives him this time to shine, and it really just props him up on a pedestal, right? And I think that was such a huge... It's tough because it was, it was in a... Uh, like this, this that has so much going. That moment has so much going for it more than like the Iron Man moment, right? Because this moment had like built up. Yeah. This had movies behind it to build it up, right? But I think it just goes to, and adds to it. And of course, number one, it has to be when Tony tricks Thanos, gets puts the gauntlet up, got the Infinity Stones in it, and says, "I am Iron Man." Yeah, Snap. and you know what? I actually Boom. thought you were gonna so. For me, number two in that scenario would have been Captain America, um, not not when he lifted the hammer, but when he uh, when he first yelled for the first time on screen with everybody there, uh, Avengers assemble, and then the entire cinematic universe comes running at Thanos uh, and his army. Um, that probably would have actually been my mm-hmm. number one. Um, I just I don't know. For me, that was. It was one of those things where it's like they're all there, they're all right there, and he's about like we all know what he's going to say. We've been waiting for him to say it. When is it? It's finally, Captain. It's right, Steve. You better right here. say it. It's right here. Right to say it. Here it comes, and then he, he says it. And it's just it's oh, it's amazing. So now, hearing my list, do you think that the snap um, should have been in it? You know, I probably, yeah, I probably would have switched it honestly with the Spider-Man one, and I, it's it's tough, it's tough. I oh. think those are those are nail biters, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I for me, like there are so many movies that you see where the bad guy just doesn't win, um, and Thanos won, and I remember leaving that theater genuinely with like a sunk feeling in my gut, like oh my god, I. J- Going into that movie, that was not what I was expecting to happen. I did not think that we were actually going to see a snap from Thanos. I didn't think he was going to win. I didn't know what was going to happen. And that was not on the list of possibilities. I did not think that was going to be one of them. Maybe that was an oversight on my part. But to me, that ending was just so shocking and so just like gut-wrenching watching everybody Mm -hmm. drift. And then, you know, you know. 
Cap just like, you know, sitting there at the end, you know, basically saying that yeah. we lost. And then, boom, it's just gone. And I was like, oh, my God. And yeah. it stinks. You know, it's it stung is what it did because, you know, for all of us who have who were there from the very beginning with the first Iron Man, I mean, like, you know, for you and me, we, I mean, we were kids back then. We grew up with these characters, and they just got their asses handed to them. And they lost. And it was you're sitting there, oh, and you're big going, time. that hurt. That that really hurt. Um, they they beat our heroes, the, the our unbeatable heroes that we grew up with. They just they just lost big time. Um, and yeah, that and, and I hold that movie in, in a on a pedestal. Um, but yeah, I I, pro- I would have put that in my top five. Um, right, but I do All like right. the list though. I, everything else, I, I got nothing. I got no gripes with. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty proud of myself to really dig down deep and right. into my my noggin here um, to get those right, memories. So I don't have any honorable mentions. Um, that, well, actually, no, I do have. I guess I do have one. Um, I have one honorable mention, and it was when Thor destroyed the. Wait, wait. You... Go in. Oh, you yeah, got to introduce sorry. your I'm list a little bit more. Moments um, in uh, in Marvel Cinematic uh, History, but not not the saddest moments. Like just the straight up dumbest things that like shouldn't have happened, or it could. Like in in filmmaking, like yeah, scenes like towards the plot, that was like, like okay, things that just don't make sense. That, or you could have done it a little differently. Um, and. <laughs> Now, granted, uh, that left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> there are people who are going to disagree with this. I know there's two things on here that some people like. I just don't. Um, so I'm fully willing to admit that. But so the honorable mention, and I didn't even think of this one. I saw this on online, but it, it made it it made a lot of sense in this for it being a dumb moment. Um, at the end of Thor. Thor destroys because Loki's trying to bring the frost giants to Asgard, but Thor destroys that right. rainbow bridge and therefore destroying his ability to go back to earth. But every other Marvel movie after that just ignores the fact that the bridge is broken <laughs> and it, and like, like it just got fixed. They fixed it. <laughs> yeah. That, I actually yeah, that didn't know that that happened. Like I didn't even realize it. a big emotional moment for Thor and like just all other movies, all the other movies like pass up on it. Like it's nothing. Like you, he, he's there. He's there um, in Avengers. All fine. He got there. I know, but like he got there. Like, like how, how did he get there? Well, because the bridge is fixed. Well, he just destroyed it. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> but so that was just a plot point that I saw that I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, you know what? They're right. It didn't. They just completely skipped it. Yeah. What What scene would you have liked to seen uh, of them I, explaining yeah. why the bridge is yeah, fixed? No, I don't, like, I don't what know. did you need to see? Um, but I feel like uh, you can't just like put that thing back together. <laughs> you know, I feel like it would take <laughs> a little while. Some work. Some workers are just working on over there. So, like, what material are we using? Right, uh, rainbows. Okay, so, do we wait till it rains, or? Uh... <laughs> it's it's raining, but sunny out. Oh my god, guys! This is this is not a drill. We need to go. I'm right in the now. middle of a poker turn. No, come on. 
Come on. This is the time we've been waiting for. My wife's giving birth. No, she says. No, oh, man. Yeah, so they just kind of skipped over it. Um, all right, so here we go. Number five. Number five. And this one, this one I understand that it needed to happen in, in, in some way. But, oh, man. Peter Quill got a lot of heat when he started punching Thanos when they're about ready to rip the gauntlet off. And I was sitting there and I was watching that movie and I'm going, Mm -hmm. okay, I understand that maybe in this situation you need to have Thanos win because you need to show that he could beat all of these guys, but not that way. (laughs) Not, not, not star Lord punching his face while they're subduing him. And they, they did get the glove off of him and then, Peter just totally messed up because somebody mentioned that Gamora was dead. And I understand the human reaction to that. And he's human. And there are a couple people there who aren't human, who may not feel the same way that, that he does. But in the whole grand scheme of things, you gotta know, you can't do that. (laughs) You just can't do that. And I, that was kind of a dumb moment. Um, And I know that his character got a lot of hate after that. (laughs) Um, from fans going, come on, really? They yeah, did. They had, they when had you, him when you watch the scene in slow motion, Spider-Man gets it off his hand, and then Thanos uh, grabs it. So it literally is off. Do you think that kind of do you think like kind of diminishes Thanos as a uh, as a villain at that point? Like that was the only uh, way that no, he won. Uh, not, well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think it just, I don't know, I think it discredits Star-Lord more than anything else. You sit there and you go, well, dude, you know, he won because of you. <laughs> um, dude, come on, right. bro. That... <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Strange after, come on, dude. Like, we right. worked and a part so of me hard and you like did nothing. Because I actually, I actually defended him. Um, in that sense, like I did understand why he would do that. But then at the same time, the flip side is it's just a stupid moment from him. I'm not saying it's the worst or dumbest moment, but it's one of the dumbest character moments in like one of the dumbest decisions a character has made by far. Um, now, number four, the rest of these sure. is Marvel, not character. That one was more character. But number four is Nick Fury and his eye. Come on. You the story the story about him losing his eye you built it up it's got he's got this badass scar Nick Fury is this ultimate spy and you know he's in Captain Marvel he doesn't have the eye patch so you got to think we're gonna learn how he gets you know his eye hurt to where you need the eye patch and then it just ends up being from this like alien cat who he's trying to pet and then it scratches him that was such a letdown that was such a letdown. Like honestly, it was yeah. just you can't it, it it you know what it does in the same way you were asking about if if that diminishes Thanos as a villain that diminishes Nick Fury. It does. It, no, it, it was not the time to try to make a joke. It just really wasn't. 
really wasn't no, the, like, if you're gonna, the source like, show, to make a have joke. Have him like fighting this like five or six scrolls, and then he does something heroic, and he just happens to get like shot, and then like grazes his eye somehow. I don't know, but not not to it like this little furry demon cat thingy that you never really even get to see go full. He goes full like demon cat once, but. Uh, right and yeah, I didn't so, get that. You know, demon honestly, cat the thing. demon cat could have been on the list. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that whole there, movie was, could have been on okay. the list. <laughs> uh, I, I hope. I and you know what the sad thing is too? Is that <laughs> they they made her insane in Endgame. Like she was holy cow. Uh, she was this. They made her like the strongest Avenger in Endgame. They made Thor the strongest Avenger in Infinity War, but in Endgame it was clearly Captain Marvel, and then she just had this like you know meh movie. Um, but I think it was because the Russo brothers finally got a hold of her, so and they were like, "Nah, this is Captain Marvel." Well, and uh, and well, no stone Thanos. Yeah, went toe to toe with her. They made him too. Is he? Is that on your list? They made uh, Thanos in Endgame way too Actually, strong with his freaking yeah, no, double-bladed sword. Okay, because that's. I mean, it was yeah, it was cool, but at least give him like right a couple stones or something. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so number three sense. is something that I I understand it's comic accurate, so I can't say that Marvel did this just on a whim. But I don't like Professor Hulk. <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not. I'm oh, not really a fan okay. Of, you don't like you Smart Hulk. It, I would be okay with it more if he could flip the switch between being Professor Hulk and being, you know, the first Avengers Hulk. But man, I, I'm not watching the Hulk because I want to hear him explain quantum physics. I am watching the Hulk because I want to watch him leap from building mm-hmm. to building and take down a giant flying. Asgardian monster thingy and, you know, punch Hulk. I mean, I mean, punch Thor. Um, and just be this giant green rage monster. That's Hulk. I want to see him fighting Iron Man while Iron Man's in the Hulk Buster and just destroying these buildings. Um, I don't need to see him walking up to a car and going, rawr, and smashing, like barely smashing the car. I mean, that part was kind of... That was funny, pretty funny, though. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of <laughs> Professor Hulk, but I'll tell you what I'm even, uh, what I hated even more was Fat Thor. Fat Thor is number two. That joke. Uh huh. He's number two. Yeah. Wow, he's number two. If Fat Thor wasn't on your list, I yeah, no, would so, have considered. Yeah, just Fat up. Thor now because okay. that has to be on. If you wanted to introduce Fat Thor and you wanted to play it up for a couple scenes, okay, fine. But it was they carried it on way too long, way too long. He was fat from like the beginning of the movie to the very end of the movie. It wasn't really till the very very end that he like snapped out of it, and it just the joke. He, we didn't need the big Lebowski with the Avengers. <laughs> it was just <laughs> no, you didn't, I did. You didn't write I that. Thought you of that had off to have my head. Um, wow! Congrats. It was. It literally yeah, was no, the big Lebowski I, with a hammer and an axe. I think I, as of right now, I just pulled that. But I wouldn't be surprised if, when the movie came out, I heard that comparison. Um, so I can't. I can't say that it may be uh, fully okay. mine, but in this moment, 
Um, I didn't read that anywhere that was from me, but I, I, I can't sit here and go, there's, there's no way that somebody didn't write that. Um, uh, and I didn't see it, you know, two, right. three years ago. Um, okay. But number one, number one, and I, I, you know, I know you said that fat Thor, you were surprised it was number two, but there is a dumber moment. And I didn't even think of it. I had to, I had to do some digging, but they're absolutely right. Number one happened in Iron Man three, and it was the stupid twist with the Mandarin. Oh, the no. Oh, okay. And you know why? Oh, you didn't like, like it? it because the original Mandarin, the one that they were setting up, appeared to be such, such a cool villain. I was so excited. You know, during that movie, I was like, "Oh, this! I, I love that actor. I don't remember his name. He's actually in Shutter Island, um, which I just watched. Oh. Um, so let me let me pull his name real quick because he's amazing. What is it? Ben Kingsley. Yeah, that's his name. Um, so hmm. yeah, the Mandarin twist for me was the dumb, like the dumbest thing Marvel's ever done. They had they had this chance to have such a cool villain. And they just made a joke of him. It was an absolute joke. And it was such a letdown for the rest of the movie because the entire time I was sitting there, I was like, I couldn't get over it. I was like, I wanted to see that villain. That was the villain that I wanted to see. And now we have a villain who is, he's nowhere near as compelling or or good. And I just, the, the, the Mandarin twist was, was for me the dumbest thing that Marvel has, has done. You didn't like uh, the random white guy with steroids? No, exploding, exploding. No, people? give me the Mandarin. That not, like, not like a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> what um? What is the man? Does the Mandarin have powers? Is he like Ra's al Ghul or something? Let's see. So is the Mandarin? Says the Mandarin possesses you know, the ability like to magic? channel chi into superhuman physical abilities, such as going without food or water for years at a time, superhuman strength, and superhumanly powerful martial arts strikes. <laughs> so I guess he's just super strong. I mean, a little oh, they, bit. So they did give you the Mandarin. Not really. <laughs> no, but for me, that was that was the dumbest. Uh, that was the dumbest part. Of uh, of of the entire uh, Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe, you know, we are an hour and a half into the show. We are pretty much right at our time limit, and I'm so glad that we got as much out of that as we did. I did not know how much how long this episode was going to be, and we really got life out of this. So I'm I'm happy with that. You know what? I hope the people that are listening right now got enough yeah, out of this episode I mean, as we think we did. So. I really do too. I, I hope, really do you too. Guys I hope the sports world picks back up so we can talk a little bit more about sports as well. But we'll try to incorporate more. I think we've gotten away from, from entertainment. And at the beginning of the show, we were going to try to split it. So, um... Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll have enough to say when the right. Niners make a mistake and draft Matt Jones. So right, I'm... exactly. Instead of Justin Fields. <laughs> right. Instead of literally anyone. Take Kyle Pitts, and then you can have a two-tight end attack with Kittle and Pitts. Can you imagine? Wow. Can you Wow. Can you imagine? Put him in the slot? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we are all in on Jimmy G. We're giving him an extension. 
We traded up the two first round picks <laughs> to get a tight end. <laughs> yeah. We are all in. Wow. It would be ballsy. That would be that would be ballsy. That might be that might be grounds for John Lynch getting fired. It might be. Um, uh, Jed York just like calls him is like, oh, so um, when you asked if if I was okay if we traded away our entire future, um, I kind of assumed it was for a quarterback. Um, and John's like, oh, what you, what makes you say that? Like I. It was Kyle Pitts all the yeah, way. Like he's the best yeah, pure athlete in the draft. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It ha- it had it right there. <laughs> just a just an email, no subject, no nothing. It just says we're going with Jimmy, and then hashtag Pitts. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'm glad we got a lot out of this episode. It was a lot of fun. I hope we get to do this more. Um, I, if you guys stayed with us this long, we really do appreciate it. It was a, it was a fun episode. It was a different episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got a kick out of the, the stories at the beginning because I know I did. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, just make sure that your your gun is, is it was zeroed uh, in. pointed in. What was it called? Honed yeah. in. Zero yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, have the first shoot your rifle and then be shitting your pants while he's shooting it. So, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next next Wednesday because we release our episodes on Wednesday. I was thinking we're recording today's today's Tuesday. I was about to say. 